0: To help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. I had a friend ask me recently, gosh, with a hundred episodes, you must really be into music. And while I really do love listening to Christian music... I love God's word more, and I'm not really a music junkie. It's kind of funny, but I only go to concerts every few years, and the only reason I know the backstory on any artist or song is because I do it as research as part of this podcast, and I genuinely do find it interesting, but I don't necessarily follow any particular uh, artist or music publication with any fervor. And there are actually weeks when I read through the lyrics once, I get inspired, jump into God's word, and then think, oh, oh my goodness, how do, I, how do I link this song back in with, with what I want to say? So every once in a while, though, I really get inspired by something that the artist has written or said in an interview or or on a video that really connects me to the artist as well as the song. And Tim Timmons did that for me this week as I was doing my background research on this week's song, Awake Our Souls. I'm going to link to this video. Uh, He shares his heart behind the entire album, but everything that Tim Timmons said on the video, I kept thinking, yes, yes, that's exactly the cry of my heart as well. And so let's get started by listening to this sound now of the Kingdom Calling. Awake our souls tear down the walls dance in the freedom awake our souls awake our souls open our eyes to see it cuz everywhere the king is there is the kingdom one of the things Tim Timmons mentioned in his behind the album video is that the album and this song is an invitation To move past the theology of what the kingdom of God is into the practical of what the kingdom of God is. And without having to go much further, I think we can confirm scripturally that everywhere the king is, there is the kingdom. And since we know that Jesus is the king, and if you've accepted his free gift of salvation, that his spirit lives within you, then it's safe to assume that everywhere followers of Christ go, there is the kingdom. Now, that is a sobering thought. I remember growing up in youth group where they tried to use this truth as a deterrent to make uh, a deterrent from foolish choices. You know, don't go to that R-rated movie because Jesus is sitting beside you. You don't want to make Jesus watch that filth, do you? Now, I'm not saying that this is untrue, but I have grown to believe that kind of this perspective is a little unproductive. And at the Christian school I work at, we often say the heart of education is educating the heart. You know, we can demand behavior with a list of rules. We can even demand behavior from ourselves with a list of rules. But if we don't get to the heart of the child, if you don't get to the heart of yourself, we've missed it. And this song and everything I've read this week regarding the kingdom of God calls for access to our hearts. Again, moving past the theology of what and where the kingdom of God is, accessing our heart so that the knowledge flows out into our behavior from a deep well. Not from forced consent. So each week, my goal is to help you take a bite out of scripture using the acronym BITE, Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. I'm a huge fan of reading God's word in context. I don't like taking verses out on their own, you know, even as memory verses, really, without understanding the context that they're written in. However, there is a time for topical study, and this week, Is one of them, and so in order to study something topically, you'll have to do a little bit more work because once you find the location for a verse that mentions your topic, then you have to read in context so that you're making um, proper conclusions. You don't want to you don't want to just kind of take these verses out of context. So it's really a a two step process. Let me give you an example. So I conducted a quick search for the Kingdom of God using an online tool um, at BibleGateway.com. I'm going to verbally walk you through the steps that I took, but for your convenience, I've created a downloadable resource with screenshots so that you could follow along with me at home. And I entitled it Hot Topic, Online Tools for Topical Study of the Kingdom of God. You can get this free resource sent to you by going to michelleneesatcom forward slash 100 download. It will really help you. It's just step by step. I've been it's got pictures. So for those of you who are already subscribed to my website, you have this resource in your inbox already. You just click on the link in your weekly email. And if you're not a weekly subscriber to my email list, again, you can get it for free, michellekneesat.com forward slash 100 download, and we can send it to you. So back to where we were, I uh, I conducted a quick search for Kingdom of God in Bible Gateway. And what I did was I was ma- I made sure I was looking in the dictionary. So when you do a search in Bible Gateway, it's automatically going to put you in the Bible, which is great. But you can click over and, and use the dictionary. And using the topical search, I found a listing of scripture references as it relates to the Kingdom of God in the church that sent me to, and it showed several references in Matthew, and um, I could just click on it. When I clicked on it, it showed all, you know, Matthew 6, Matthew 12, Matthew 19, and Matthew 21. There were four verses out of that, out of Matthew listed right there, and all I had to do was click on the link, and it popped up all of those links for me right there, just like that, and then, so, and you can read those individual verses, so if I just quickly read over the verses, this is what I find. I am to seek first the kingdom of God. If demons are cast out by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has arrived. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And the grand finale, corrupt, corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. Wow. Okay. Uh, for those of you who have had more time in the word than others, you, not, you might not be thinking much about that list because you already have the context in your mind already. But for those of you who are new to God's word or not just or just not automatically familiar with the context, you might be thinking, what? So uh, this is why I hesitate to study God's word topically, because we're not generally patient and committed enough to put forth the effort that it takes to genuinely study a topic so that we don't end up walking away with bad theology. So don't go tell your friends that Michelle Nizat taught you today on the podcast that the kingdom of God is for corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes who cast out spirits on camelback. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Okay, so you're in it now. You have to stay to the end of today's episode so we can straighten everything out. All right? So uh, the first thing you need to do at this point is, again, I mentioned it before, read it in context. If you're in BibleGateway.com, you can just click an icon to the right of the verse reference. So like in this case the verse reference is Matthew 6:33. There's a little icon to the right. It's a stack of lines and when you click it it will send you to the entire chapter. Boom, reading in context right there. So only here's the key. You have to actually read it. Remember, I want you to interact with God's word. God wants to hang out with you, my friend Keith Farron says. And the prize is reading God's Word. The prize is spending time considering the words written in God's Word. The prize is not getting some sort of three-point sermon out of it. The prize is not moving to the next step. And in this case, the prize is not getting to the verse that inspired us to pick up the chapter in the first place. Look, we are at war with an enemy whose primary weapon is lies. And the only way to fight lies is with truth. And there's no shortcut to filling your life with truth. It is through spending time in God's word, asking him for his wisdom, and listening to what he has to say to you. So now I've read Matthew chapter 6. It's great stuff. It's red letters. Jesus himself spoke these words. I may not be able to sit across from Jesus with a cup of java like his disciples did, but I can sit at his feet all the same by soaking in the words that he spoke back then. So sitting at his feet in Matthew chapter 6, I can learn that when I give to the needy, I should do it quietly, not for show. I can learn how to pray and fast the right way. And I learn not to treasure stuff here on earth. And oh my, I learned that my eye is a lamp that provides light for my body, meaning the things that I let myself see can fill my life with darkness. Oh, maybe that was what my youth pastor was trying to get at when he warned me to be mindful of the things I was watching. Truth. Then way at the end, I learned that I'm not supposed to worry about my provision because God's got this. The version I'm reading says that physical needs dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but that God knows all of our needs. And so I need to rest in that truth and seek the kingdom of God above all else. And he'll add in the rest anyway. I think that would be time well spent for you. Don't you? So if you've replayed this podcast, you try to follow along while looking at BabelGateway.com. Then if you click the back button, you're going to be back to the original listing of single scriptures that mention the kingdom of God. And then the next step is amazingly simple, but I don't want you to ever, ever, ever do this step without reading the verse in context first. If you do this step without reading in context first, it's like skipping dinner and going to dessert. It might taste good. But if you do it too often, you're not going to get the nourishment you need. You'll get fat, but you'll be starving for true nourishment that indicates health. My goodness, Michelle, what could that be? Well, it's looking to commentaries to tell you what the verse is talking about or means. Commentaries should always be cherries on the top of something that you have allowed God himself to speak to you before you seek to understand what he spoke to someone else. This is especially true for those of you reading a study Bible. Don't bop to the bottom to see what the commentary says before you've read, prayed, and considered what God might be saying. So, if you use Bible Gateway like I did, there's this button at the top right corner of each verse reference that says, study this. So when I click it, it brings me to study Bibles, commentaries, dictionaries, encyclopedias, and maps. So cool. And so some of the resources are paid resources and you're welcome to purchase the ones that you that you find most useful, but there's enough there for free to get you started. So, the first Bible listed is the Reformation Study Bible and it has two references, one for chapters 5 through 7 and one for Matthew 6:33, so click on that one. And here's what it says. We are to make God's sovereign rule and a right relationship with him the highest priority in life. Worry is inconsistent with this priority. It doubts the sovereignty or goodness of God and and distracts from the true goals of life. God will meet all the needs of those who risk all for him. Now that's good stuff, right? So my favorite is worry is inconsistent with this priority. I love that. My least favorite, God will meet all the needs of those who risk all for him. First of all, this is not what that verse says, in my opinion. It says, seek first God's kingdom as opposed to seeking first your physical needs. And seek first his righteousness as opposed to seeking your physical needs first. It says, God will meet your needs. He, he knows they are needs and he will meet them. But he, but it, he doesn't require your focus on them to meet them. He asks for our focus to be on his agenda and his way of doing things. And this this just reminds me to tell you, just because it's in a commentary doesn't mean it's true. Ask God to help you discern his truth. And I'm not saying that this statement is untrue. I'm just saying that the statement in this commentary brings out this sentiment that's a trap for me, and that is self. If I'm leaning on God's definition of risking all for him, then the statement could be fine. But the majority of the time, I look for my own definition of what risking it all looks like. And really, the scripture here is telling us that the real trap is worrying about what we need rather than kingdom business. There's so many days I miss it Tim Timmons put out about this song, and I'm gonna link to this one too. And it's different than the one I talked about earlier, um, that where he had a video. He has a video about the whole album and about one about the the song individually. I say go ahead and watch both. I'll put them in the show notes. MichelleNizat.com forward/100. But anyway, in the video he says, I could sense my soul being asleep for so long in a way. I was doing all the right things and knew all the right things to say and do, but really as I've been just been saying, Jesus, I don't want anything else. I just want to figure out how we can be walking together through this stuff. That was the cry of his heart. And he goes on to say, And the more that I've been seeking first the kingdom of God, trying to lay my kingdom down, there's like an awakening in my soul that I've never experienced before. We talk about the fruit of the Spirit all the time, but really it's been the fruit of my labor my whole life, and I've been exhausted. Perhaps this is where you are too. I am so moved by this idea that God wants me to have the fruit of the Spirit be the pattern of my life. And I keep depending upon the fruit of my own labor. And look where that keeps me. It keeps me worried and stressed and scared at best, prideful and arrogant at worst. I cannot strive to display the fruit of God's Spirit within me. His love and joy and peace and patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. It should be an outflow of his taking the lead in my life. And it all starts with seeking his, his kingdom, his agenda, and doing things his way. We find out all about that by soaking in his word and then practicing it in real life. So this leads us back to Tim Timmons' original goal for us singing along, that we can take it out of the theological and bring it into the practical. And one practical truth that changes everything for me as I consider this in other areas of God's word this week is this. The kingdom of God doesn't look like I expect it to look. When I pray, your kingdom come, your will be done, I have to understand that this means I'm laying down what my will and my kingdom, in addition to what I think his kingdom should look like. (laughs) Okay? I want to take you to John chapter 12. And Jesus' days on earth, they are nearing their end. He knew this, but of course his followers did not, not yet understand it. And in verse 12 it reads this, The next day, the news that Jesus was on the way to Jerusalem swept through the city. A large crowd of Passover visitors took palm branches and went down the road to meet him. They shouted, praise God, blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hail to the king of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and rode on it, fulfilling the prophecy that said, don't be afraid, people of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming, riding on a donkey's colt. His disciples didn't understand at the time that this was a fulfillment of prophecy. But after Jesus entered into his glory, they remembered what had happened and realized that these things had been written about him. Now, the people of this time were expecting a king, and if you read this in context, there was a lot of buzz about Jesus raising Lazarus from the dead, and many people saw it with their own eyes and were telling other people about it, and that's why these great crowds came and hailed him as a king. And of course, Jesus had spent his whole time of ministry performing miracles and teaching, but this miracle took the cake for these crowds. I mean, a dead person, dead three days, risen to life. So here comes the king. But all of them had an idea of what a king should look like and do. And probably all of them had a different idea of what a king should look like and do. And primarily they were hoping for a king that would take Israel back. From Roman rule, they wanted a man to sit on a throne and make their lives better. They were not expecting Jesus to be the son of God, to eventually sit on a heavenly throne to make the eternal lives of all generations better. In fact, when Jesus is standing before Pilate, before being betrayed, he says this, My kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not Of this world. That's in 18, verse 36. In fact, that's our memory verse for the week. Now, what this says to me in the practical is this If I seek first God's kingdom, I will not be as concerned with what my current circumstances mean for me as much as I will be concerned with how my current circumstances will affect the kingdom, the eternal kingdom, which may supersede any short term suffering on my part, just like my Savior. If I'm seeking his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of rightly living, this means I will do things like turn the other cheek and endure suffering if God asks me to, love my enemies, serve the poor, speak words of life, not death, and pages and pages and pages of other characteristics of God that I can read about in his holy word. The theological truth that the kingdom of God is eternal in nature changes my posture, how I position myself toward the things that are happening in my life, how I position my heart and my attitude. So this deeper understanding should impact my practical choices in life as well. And I introduced one of those practical choices last week, I just can't seem to shake this idea of what am I rehearsing Am I rehearsing my needs and disappointments or am I rehearsing the greatness of God and setting my heart on the eternal despite the desperation of my own concerns? So I let this song become a prayer for my own life. Awake, my soul, Lord. Give me greater understanding of what your kingdom actually looks like, not how I expect it to. May I be a genuine reflection of the kingdom of God as I walk on this earth, recognizing that this is not all there is, but the kingdom of God is already here. And I'm not waiting for this future moment. I'm living it now and everywhere I go because you are in me. There is the kingdom. So what's next? Start where I started, with a topical search of the kingdom of God. You can download this week's free resource to walk you through those steps. Again, at michellekneesat.com forward slash 100 download. Then progress to reading as much as you can on what Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. And Matthew chapter 13 contains seven different parables describing the kingdom of God. So I think that would be a great place to start. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Facebook. I'm there as well, and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to Anne from Massachusetts, April from Connecticut, Eileen from the Philippines, Tanya from Texas, Deanna from Alabama, and Allison from Texas. These are my newest subscribers to my website. And the benefit of subscribing is I'm going to email you once a week. And in that email, you'll get a weekly Memoryverse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop, or you can print it out. You get an email recap of the week's episode. And you'll get instant access to any of the resources I create for my episodes, like this week's screenshot resource that I titled Hot Topic, online tools for topical study of the kingdom of god so all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening so you can head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today and then don't miss an episode of my podcast you can subscribe in itunes or stitcher radio for those android users out there and while you're there please leave me a written review and a star rating it encourages me but more than that it helps me stay visible to new listeners so as always if you take the time to review my podcast i will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use Warn by 10th Avenue North to jump into Scripture. This was a request by my listener, Angela. I can't wait to get into God's Word inspired by this song. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 100. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation.